you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, and formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. We got a doubleheader to talk about. Uh, we can lead off of that. We'll talk some Rookie of the Year. We'll get into some other talk I had today on Twitter. But let's start with these games. So the first game, a 3-1 to one affair. Cleveland Indians win. If you missed it, Tristan McKenzie was brilliant. Six innings, one earned run on three hits and walk. He struck out seven. Manuel Classe came in and pitched the seventh for the save. He picked up his 23rd save. One inning, one strikeout lowering that ERA to 144. Uh, Joe Ryan pitched well on the other side after his, uh, you know, it's two great starts against the Indians. Luckily, they were able to get to Daniel Colombe in the seventh. Uh, Bradley Zimmer had a massive home run in the fifth to tie it up, 451 feet. He doesn't hit a lot of them, but when he hits them, they go far. Uh, in this game, who reached base twice? Harold Ramirez, Bradley Zimmer. That's uh, and Miles Straw. That's that's it because you only had two walks and uh, six hits, so eight total uh, opportunities. Twins had even less. They had one walk and three hits, so four opportunities. Just want to make sure I don't miss a hit batter or something. So they they got one on four, and the Indians got three on eight opportunities. Ninth, the bottom of the lineup came up big. Yu uh, Chen Chang pinch hit and uh, had a nice hit in there. For a single, but it was the Hedges double that broke up the tie in the seventh. Uh, and then they went to Class A, and as he has done all year, that's all he wrote. Uh, Zimmer and Hedges had the extra base hits. Your three stars, Class A and McKenzie, I'm giving it to. And then I will I'll give it to Zim for the home run and the walk. Uh, and, you know, it's stellar defense throughout. This was going to be the easier one. I mean, that was just the, the honest goodness truth. Uh, when you have McKenzie on the mound, this was the game they were most likely to win. Uh, if you listen to my um, ad read for Bet Online, I was like, the over-under on this game is way too high. It, this is the second time all year I've really been like, this is a bad thing. Like, this, I should, I don't gamble. Yes, I read that, and I give the information on it. That's never been my thing. That's not my fort. But sometimes I see these things, and I can't remember what the other one was. But there was another one where I'm like, this is this is an unbelievable line you should get on this. There's only been two times all year I've, I've been like, I think this is bad for the the company. And uh, I've now been proven right. I guess I should next time maybe actually put my money where my mouth is. But uh, yeah, I, the fact that this was a seven inning game and the over under was six and a half with McKenzie and Ryan on the mound, uh, it ended up being four. And yeah, they didn't even really get close to that over under for this one. Uh, again, McKenzie is just pitching so well. It's fun to think about this rotation. It's fun to think about where it can be. Now, man, I see so many people still like, let's trade Plesak. Let's trade Savali. Have we learned absolutely nothing this year? <laughs> you can never have enough pitching. You're not going to have five guys pitch the entire year. Eli Morgan is your sixth, is a good situation to be in, with Cody Morris is essentially your likely seventh. Uh, with everything that's gone, I mean, there's a chance they don't bring Scott Moss back. Ne- Scott Moss back next year. Let's let's be honest about it. He could be a 40-man candidate to be taken off. 
but they have, you know, like I said, they're going to have depth, but you need depth. You're not going to, there's what, the one season, like that year they had Kevin Millwood, where I think they ended up using six starters the whole year. That's not how this goes. It's not how it works. People are going to get hurt. Uh, pitchers aren't going to stay healthy. We talked about the fact that Savale has never really stayed healthy in the majors or the minors throughout his career. He's always had little nicks, bruises, and bump-ups that have caused him to mix, miss time. It, it's not a video game. You just don't plug in five and go. You need to have seven to eight. And for all the things he needs could trade, uh, they have no depth. The minor leagues are fantastic, but their major league roster is razor thin, which is what happens when you have the lowest payroll in baseball. Uh, they are, you know, that that's what they have. They have the lowest payroll. It might have changed on paper with the Pirates cutting uh, Gregor Polanco, but in terms of money paid this year, the Indians have the lowest payroll in baseball, and that means you don't have any depth. You don't have additional talent around the margins. The guys, you know, they called up Mejia was the uh, doubleheader addition today, and he's an interesting possible relief arm, but it's not like you look at this team, the depth is in the minors. If they're going to make trades, and if we have time, we'll get into I went into kind of some in-depth thoughts on like who I think this team should go after uh, in this offseason if they're going to trace someone for a trade. But, you know, they, we're not trading from the roster. They should not be trading from this roster. They should be trading from the minor league talent. They have so much of it. Uh, you don't trade a starter. And it comes up all the time. I'm not singling out. If you're someone who's tweeted that at me, I'm not singling you out. Uh, pocket manager, I think you were the guy today. Like you sent me a lot of great stuff. This isn't anything on you. Uh, you know, you were one of like four people to say that to me today. You were just the last one, so I'm gonna mention it. But yeah, you don't trade it. You don't trade any of those five starters. You are not in a position to trade them. Uh, frankly, you're six. Eli Morgan. You don't trade any of them. I just don't see it. Uh, so let's talk about the loss. And part of the reason why is, I mean, think back three starts ago where I was like, man, Logan Allen, if he can turn, you give him all the starts in the world to see if he can turn it around. Uh, long story short, he can't. Uh, it, that's what, three bad starts in a row, two bad starts in a row. Uh, you, you're hoping that maybe he's going to develop. You know, there was that big enough background. And he was a high prospect value guy, multiple trades. Uh, three and two-thirds innings, seven hits, three strikeouts, one walk, four and runs. Trevor Steffen, who had been, you know, moving upwards, goes one and two-thirds, two hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts, gave up a home run. Uh, Henches pitched two-thirds, got a strikeout. That's good for him. Uh, for the Indians in this one, uh, who reached base twice in game two? The answer would be nobody because they had six hits and one walk, and none of those matched up. Now, what's interesting, that means, so who didn't reach base at all? Yu Chen Chang and Roberto Perez. I guess I should take a moment and mention, yes, Roberto Perez was added to the roster. Ryan LaVarnway was designated for assignment. Also, I don't think I've mentioned Gian Paul Gonzalez uh, passed through waivers, which is a shock. Uh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> That's why they added him. They knew he would easily pass through waivers. Uh, as a temporary addition to the Indians. Uh, LaVarnway likely will as well. Uh, Perez doesn't need to be added on the 40-man, but who does need to be added is Shane Bieber, who pitched tonight in Columbus. And if you heard me clicking earlier, I apologize. I meant to have that game up uh, so I could talk about his uh, performance tonight in Columbus. But when he comes back, when Bieber is in the majors, they're going to need to add someone to the 40-man. So that is where uh, he'll come in. 
Bieber will take that spot that was created when LaVarnway was let go to bring up Roberto Perez, who then went over three today. A uh, double by Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, and Bobby Bradley in this one. Uh, the Twins, so the Indians, we said they had seven opportunities. The Twins had uh, ten. On the seven, the Indians got three. On the ten, the Twins got six. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's a rather mediocre game to watch start to finish. There's nothing that really stood out um, in terms of... Now, did I watch the whole thing? No. I watch bits and pieces here and there. I have a kid who has a bedtime directly in the middle of these games often, so that means I miss stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, I don't love watching this team of points, and that's not like a knock on any of these players and stuff, but I just get kind of tired of, like... Let's keep trotting out some of these players. Let's not see what some of the other young guys can do. You know, Oscar Mercado it, it is pretty much off this roster already. Uh, but let's let's keep running him out instead of Daniel Johnson. Let's let's not see if there's anything there. Uh, let's keep running out Mercado. It's just things like that that drive me a bit batty. Uh, so, oh, uh, I need to do three stars. Did I do three? Yeah, I did do three stars for the previous game. Uh, so Jose Ramirez will give one two because he's always good and he had an extra base hit and it was a double uh, we'll give the other one to uh, Med Rosario and the third one to Bradley those are the three guys who had extra base hits uh, they each uh, well they didn't each have an RBI but they let's see Bobby Bradley well, he didn't have a run or an RBI uh, but at least uh, Rosario and Ramirez each had a run and an RBI as well I'm not giving it to Henches for pitching two thirds of an inning but, I mean, he was in consideration. Uh, this was just a game where really there was not a lot of standout performances or performers. Uh, after the first game, like, it, with the way they played the Twins plate, I am totally content with a 50-50 split of those games. And we got Quantrell versus Griffin Jacks, who got an award before game two. He got the uh, Bob Feller Act of Valor Award. I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize that he has served his country honorably. Because I knew that becoming the first professional athlete in Major League Baseball to come from the Air Force Academy. Uh, so he, you know, got that award for valor uh, as a having served his country. And Jax will pitch tomorrow for the Twins against Cal Contrell. Then it's an off day Thursday, and then we have the Yankees. So Thursday's podcast is going to be Yankees heavy. We'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, the Shane Bieber start. We're going to talk about uh, the Rookie of the Year ranks that I talked about. We're just going to dive into all that fun stuff. But first, a quick commercial break. And let's start off by talking about the Spotify green room that was Locker Room. Now, I do these. I've gotten very sloppy with them because of a newborn. Like, let's be honest. I realized last week I hadn't done it on uh, Saturday night, so I ended up doing it on Friday. I've done some late night Saturday. Uh, if you follow me in the app, you'll know when I'm on. I, I'll just apologize now. It's all over the place, but it's fun. It's a chance to see evolution of the chat room instead of us just sitting there chatting, typing at each other and being like, oh, I wonder what they meant. It's We physically can talk. Now, sometimes you got to wrestle control back or if you've got a bigger room, you know, getting people involved. And you never know who's going to jump in, what's going to happen. I've had some fantastic discussions and a lot of fun talking with the Mad Thinker over a few shows. Had someone who used to work for the Indians. Uh, you know, I've had fans from all over the country. It's a lot of fun. Check out the Spotify Green Room and get a chance to chat with me uh, in the app. I use it for Android. Uh, if you use it for iOS, I hear it's even better. But check out the Spotify Green Room today. 
Let's go over to betonline.ag. I already kind of gave him a free ad read because I talked about the fact that I, for the second time all year, went, oh, this is a, this is like a, my lock. Now, I, I'm only going to give you those locks when I feel very, very strongly about something because there's been two all season. Uh, and But over at betonline.ag, occasionally you're going to get those. You're going to get information. You're going to get things that, by my view, look like locks. Uh, so let's go over and see what the MLB lines are for tomorrow uh, for that Indians matchup against the Twins with Quantrell versus Griffin Jacks, winner of the Bob Feller uh, Valor Award. Quantrell is getting a run and a half. Uh, nine and a half is your over-under. That's that's high. I, they're not respecting Cal Quantrell in this one, in that matchup. I got to look at Griffin Jacks as well to see. I, I thought he'd been pitching better of late and overall been... 341, no, that's not in the majors. 643 fit. Okay, no, he has not been strong. I thought he had had some slightly better performances. Um, negative 5 war. Uh, honestly, the best bet, I wouldn't go over under, should be the fact that Kyle Quantrell, who's he's been worth 3.5 war this year. He's been really good. And he is, you're getting a run and a half. Now it's at a negative 195 because people are betting that line so heavily. Uh, so, you know, for what you will, uh, you're not going to make a whole lot on that. But yeah, that that seems to be the strong line. Remember when you go to betonline.ag to use the promo code Locked On to get a five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want free money? Who doesn't want bonus money? Go make your first deposit and get paid today. So Shane Bieber was in Columbus. Uh, I want to make sure I credit the right people because uh, it was a great uh, tweet that I saw earlier. And, uh, well, let's talk about his performance while I dig this tweet out. Shane Bieber went two and two-thirds innings, uh, three hits, one walk, three strikeouts, uh, does not get the win. Cody Morris would come in and pitch four innings of relief, walk two, allow two hits, strike out six, and not give up a run. So he did have a wild pitch as well. Morris pitched very well. 47 pitches for Bieber, 30 went for strikes. Uh, I mean, that's, let's be honest, like, that's a heck of a game to go to. Because if you had a chance to go see... Uh, it was a final in eight innings. That Columbus Clippers versus Toledo Medhens, like this was maybe the best ticket in town, uh, in Ohio, for a game. It's not to knock the Indians. Steve Kwan is probably going to be in like the mid-teens for Ian prospects. He's been a high performer this year. Daniel Johnson's back down there. Oscar Gonzalez is a unicorn. George Arias, Arias George Arias, uh, not, wow, Gabriel Arias. Wasn't there a George Arias who played a while ago? I feel like I read an article about him in a fantasy contest, maybe. But Gabriel Arias, for the Indians, you get Morris and Bieber. And on the other side of things with Detroit, that means you're getting Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. That's just a really fun matchup with a lot of big names. But yeah, Bieber's first start in three uh, three months. And yeah, he pitched well. Like I said, he should be back sooner rather than later. I'll be curious to see what happens. Uh, you know, I talked about giving Logan Allen kind of that long, let's see if he can put anything together. Uh, he hasn't, so there's a chance maybe he doesn't stay there, or you know that he could be the guy who goes up or down. Uh, it's uh, Michael Bode from Waiting for Next Year, MG Bode underscore uh, WFNY. Shane Bieber, he said, you know, pitches first professional game in over three months tonight. If you forgot how good Bieber is, he still leads the 2021 Indians in pitching war at 2.4. Uh, 
is that that's an F war. So that that's different. In baseball of reference war, uh, I believe like Class A is at like in the baseball reference one, he's at like a three point two. Uh, I don't know if that's I'll have to go see, but yeah, I thought that's interesting that he hasn't pitched for three months. Uh, the Indians have missed him for sure. He is one of the top ten pitchers in baseball, top five possibly. Uh, it's interesting that only a 1.9 with Van Graffs for Class A, a 1.6 for Cal Quantrell, a lot lower on him. Then you go over to Baseball Reference, and he is, uh, you know, these are guys worth 3.5. And that's the thing. I need to sit down and really, I used to know the exact digging into it of, uh, you know, what the difference between those two were. But let's talk about the fact that here's another great tweet from uh, Joy, Joe Doyle, M-I-L-B, the Padres traded 33 players, and they got Joe Musgrove, who has 3.4 B-War, Blake Snell at 1.4, Hugh Darvish at 1, Aaron Nola at 0.7, Austin Adams at 0.4, Adam Frazier at 0.1. Now, can I take a second? If you have followed this podcast, I told everyone that's going to happen with Frazier. Like, he was at, he was playing over his head. You could look at all that advanced data and know Adam Frazier was in for a fall. That shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Trevor Williams, 0.1, Clevenger a 0, De- Dakota Hudson, a negative 0.2. No, Daniel Hudson, a negative 0.2. Jake uh, Marisnik, negative 0.3. And Victor Carantini, I'm a little surprised at a negative 0.4. So a total of 6.2 B-War, and they trade away 167 years of combined team control. Or you could look at it this way. They got 62 war that they acquired. Just Cal Quantrill alone were 3.5 war this year, using that baseball reference war. So those, that's some kind of interesting, fun stuff. Uh, that I saw in the Twitter of it all. Uh, let's get into talking about these rookies. So I went through earlier today and I compiled this data. I was looking again at baseball reference for war data. Manuel Classe currently has the fifth best war of any rookie in baseball this year and second best in the American League behind Randy Arena, uh, the Tampa Bay outfielder who was a Cardinals outfielder who, you know, I get him wrong. I I can talk about, I'll talk about Tristan McKenzie in a second. I've been one of his biggest doubters and detractors, and he's, he's, the consistency he's found, and he's keeping his velocity, uh, are making me look foolish. Randy Rosarina, uh, I was talking about, like, you look at that guy's numbers, he has all the indicators that this guy could be better than what's expected, and we know what he did in the postseason, but what he's continued to do this year, he's worth, like, 4.6 baseball reference war. It's been phenomenal. Classe is number two. It's the only player uh, that, that has a better war amongst all American League uh, players. Uh, I think I closed my tab, unfortunately, because this was much earlier in the day, uh, or my computer restarted, which sometimes happens. And I don't have the exact list. Uh, I know everyone loves when I type. So here we ha- go. The you know the names to know uh, for war for position players. It's Rosarina has a 4.6. Cabron Hayes of Pittsburgh has a 4.1. Jonathan India at a 3.6. Uh, Wander Franco is at a 3, who is tied with Adolphus Garcia, the Texas player who, man, earth came down to him quickly. And then, I mean, St. Louis appears again with Edmund Sosa, Dylan Carlson in the top 10. And then Patrick Wisdom, who, man, he bounced around for a bit before he finally got his opportunity with the Cubs, Jazz Chisholm with Miami, and then Tyler Stevenson with the Reds. So the Reds have two of the top ten amongst the hitters. 
we jump over to the pitching side of things, and this is part of the reason why when we, we'll get into this, why the Reds are playing so well. So Ian Anderson is top among pitchers at 3.8, then Class A to 3.4. That's higher than Trevor Rogers, who's been you know another player I whiffed on Rogers with Miami. Uh, Garrett Whitlock with Boston, who has been a solid 2.9. Luis Garcia with Houston and Casey Mize with Detroit are both 2.7s. Tanner Houck of Boston, so Boston gets another player listed, 2.6. Vladimir Guerrero, uh, Gutierrez of the Reds, 2.4. So that's three for the Reds, and that's, again, why they're being successful. They got three rookies contributing pretty highly to them. And they, you know, you expected. I'm very happy for Jonathan Indy. I was very high on him. He scuffled in the minors, and it kind of goes to show sometimes, uh, you know, you can't give up on a prospect. Uh, he's playing very well. Alec Manea uh, was at a 2.3 where he is tied with Tristan McKenzie. So, yeah, you look at Boston's got two guys. Since he's got three players mentioned, these are teams that are putting some things together. Uh, Tampa's got three when when you look at Wander Franco and Randy Rosarino. It's kind of surprising Pittsburgh doesn't have more uh, just because they have so many young players that they kind of threw to the Wolves this year. I expected to see more than just Cabron Hayes, but it's uh, an unfortunate situation for them where not necessarily everyone is stepping up. Let's see where uh, Brew Baker is because he should still qualify. I haven't been following back as much with him. Okay, that's weird. He's not listed. As you can tell by that annoyingly loud control F looking for his name. Uh, he should still be a rookie. So I don't know. That feels like an oversight. Uh, good old uh, University of Akron product. That's always going to endear someone to my heart. Uh, I'm going to pull him up over here. Just because he's on the 10-day DL. He has a total war this year. Again, I know this is what people love. is me looking for things of .3. He's kind of struggled a little bit more of late. Uh, so yeah, it's... When you're looking at this, I mentioned that Class A fifth best baseball reference war of any rookie, second best in the American League. Tristan McKenzie is the 16th best tied for uh, amongst all rookies, ninth best in the American League. It means he needs to have two of the top nine rookies this year by performance. That's a positive. That's a good thing. It's a very young team. Uh, if, you know, a lot of times people who vote for major awards look at the Cy Young and the American, American League MVP, or just the MVP, I should say. It doesn't matter if it's American or National League. But the MVP is like for hitters, and you have the award for the uh, you know Cy Young for pitchers. If we split the Rookie of the Year into pitcher and hitter category, uh, Manuel Classe should absolutely win it for the American League Pitcher of the Year. Like he he should be that guy right now. If I were just again to look at pitching alone, you know Ian Anderson, the National League, to get to the top. I mean Garrett Whitlock with Boston is the next guy. And he's at, uh, you know, he's another reliever, and he's not been as good. If you want to get down to starters, there it's Luis Garcia or it's Casey Mize, uh, and they've been solid, but they have not been as dynamic as Classe has in 85 innings. It's he he rather easily has that award. Uh, you know, the the Indians in the long history of finishing second in the. Uh, in my lifetime in Rookie of the Year, it has not gone well. We, we talked about how Pat Lestash really wasn't even that good. Uh, different era, so people looked at his numbers one way. But I, that was kind of the great realization that 
Oh, no. No, he's the one where the numbers were okay. But, like, he had a league at no PS of 700. Guy had no pop at all. Uh, won the rookie of the year. And then, you know, he just it fell apart. And then Bob Hamlin, I believe, was the one the year that Manny Ramirez finished second. Uh, and his career didn't go as well. So it's almost a curse uh, to be first. Uh, now, this is, of course, the smallest of sample sizes. But it uh, does not bode well for the future of Randy Arena, though likely with Emmanuel Classe being a reliever uh, and being on a team that isn't as well, he probably won't even finish second for the award. He absolutely should finish second, though, uh, for the Rookie of the Year. I, I would almost bet that he is more likely to finish behind his teammate Tristan McKenzie, uh, even though he really does deserve the award more. Not knock on Tristan, more about how good Classe has been. We're going to take another quick commercial break, come back, and talk about... Uh, the object of my heart's affection, the player I would love to see the Indians trade for and why. Our first sponsor is Built Bar. I've got like four boxes of them upstairs. You already missed out on the banana cream pie poofs. I'm sorry. They are down to just the coconut almond protein balls. They've almost sold out of those. The upside of this means they're probably going to do something new and everything new is tasty and delicious and there's nothing like Built Bar. I'm coming soon. You know what? If you're listening to this show right now, Mint Marshmallow Puffs are coming in two hours and 24 minutes and 54 seconds, 53 seconds, 52. Let's not waste any more time. Uh, They will be dropping essentially midnight uh, Utah Mountain Time. And Built Bar is delicious. It's good for you. When you use the promo code LOCK15, that's what I used on my last order to get 15% off your order. And if you're like me and you keep ordering, like every order, you get a code for, you end up, getting enough points to get 5 or $10 off your next order, which you can then use with the promo code. Like I said, this is a product I buy. It is a product I spend my money on. It is a product that is good for your body and tastes delicious. It is the best tasting protein bar you will find. Go to BuiltBar.com. Remember that promo code is LOCKED15. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So I did a lot of tweeting today as I could sit there and watch uh, the first game. You know, I released kind of my tiers of prospects. We'll get into that for the Indians. So I start off all of this by talking about, you know, the Brewers pitcher development is unreal, but it's a lot like the Indians. But what's also interesting for both teams is how horrible they've been at hitter development. Talked about the Brewers. Technically, Lorenzo Cain was a prospect for them. Uh, but he was more developed by Kansas City. They don't have a single draft and develop guy in their entire lineup, but they've been very smart by aggressively making trades for guys like Willie Adames and Christian Yelich. They have not been afraid to go and trade players to get a proven or productive bat uh, with multiple years of control. They've been very smart about that. They've also been smart about signing guys in free agency to one or two year deals. They're not getting themselves overinvested or stuck in a long-term contract. And the Indians should really follow this approach because They mirror the uh, Brewers in terms of pitching development, and they mirror them in terms of hitting development, as uh, it's not been pretty for either. The one player that stands out for me, I know almost everyone talks about Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Pirates seemed loath to move him. 
He is Super 2 eligible. He's going to hit arbitration this year, so you're going to start paying him, and he's going to get a nice amount. Uh, You still do have 22, 23, 24, 24 more years of control. The advanced stats on him, and he's another guy I completely missed. No, they have his his outs above average is 97%. His jump is at 38. He has a lot of things he does well. His average exit velocity is not super high, nor is his hard hit percentage. But the guy that I... I'm kind of more focused on. This is a, is a pure switch hitter, 26 years of age, 6'3", 210, kind of has a, that bulk and build. Uh, I still prefer Cedric Mullins, and this is the guy I would go for. The reason I bring this up is I was kind of curious. I went to dig into Cedric Mullins today, and when I looked at his data, I was like, you know, he doesn't have one month where he's below like a 115 runs created plus. It's not like he has been up or down. Uh, I tweeted out Fangraphs had a fantastic interview with him that if you sit down and read it, you see that this is not a flash in the pan. Like this is a guy who studies, uses advanced tech, uh, knows his swing, understands his swing, has spent time refining and changing things. He used to be a switch hitter. Now he's only a left-handed bat uh, because of using that data information and adjustment. An elite athlete, uh, elite defender in center field, not arbitration eligible. So he's a little bit cheaper than Reynolds there. I just like the, he's a, higher ceiling I think overall than Brian Reynolds and I also think at the end of the day the Orioles are much more likely to trade him than the Pirates are to trade Reynolds and that's just with the Orioles being in a they're all asset allocation uh, all the time they're always kind of looking to churn that roster these are two players though it's like they're going to be compared all the time they both broke out massively this year they're both center fielders at the same age uh, Reynolds does have seven more inches, which is, and he's the switch hitter. But again, he is entering arbitration. I really think, do not want to have any interest in trading him. They'd have to be, you know, absolutely blown away. Whereas I think Baltimore is really willing to talk anyone. I think Baltimore is in a situation, they are pretty solidly that topic in the draft. I think Trey Mancini, because of the overall story and being the face of that franchise, might be a little harder to trade. But I, I still wouldn't be shocked if they traded him. Uh, Baltimore is... They have only a one-game lead on Arizona for that bottom pick, even though they've lost four in a row. But they're, they have shown negative improvement. All of their high picks and everything else, they lack shortstops internally in system. The Indians have a few of those. Uh, they could also use some pitching depth. The Indians have that as well. The trade value site is very flawed, but essentially... To get to the value of a Cedric Mullins, it's it's equal to the equivalent of someone like Tristan McKenzie. Now, I'm not saying you flip McKenzie, but when you're looking at prospects, Nolan Jones, I mean, I'm a big believer in his, but uh, Baltimore does typically like power bats. He makes sense. You'd have to look at one of Freeman or Koyo. You know, I know people get so mad if I say trade either one, but you'd have to. And then Daniel Espino is kind of how you get there. And it's a high cost, yes, but that's for four years of team control of an elite player who you could pair with this core going forward and again if you're like he's a flash in the plan i really really advise you to read the fan piece i tweeted out this is a player who knows his swing who spends the time on it and carries a chip on his shoulder for never really being thought of well no matter what he did he always had to struggle for attention and he knows he was never a top prospect he talked about that in the piece He's got the chip to keep improving and to be better. Adley Rushman is the star there. He's the top prospect in baseball. It, everything is based off of his time frame. So they're building for 
you know, two to three years from now. When Mullins would be at the end of his contract is really when that core would be starting to get into the middle of their strength, and I think that's why they'd be willing to do that. I think Pittsburgh, you know, the Indians approach Pittsburgh. We know that for sure, and the cost was too high. I think Reynolds is likely safer. I think Mullins is a little bit of a higher ceiling. Do have the difference between Super 2 and not Super 2, and money we know matters to the Cleveland Indians. It just comes down to teams, and height, I think, is an issue too. Uh, we have seen rather consistently guys who are at that 5'8 height get undervalued, underlooked at. There's a lot of special play going on, but it's it's that low, smaller guys. Teams always undervalue smaller performers, and it could the fact that one guy is five eight versus the fact that one guy is six foot three could lead to a lower price tag. Like honestly, I still think baseball is at a point where that stuff matters. That stuff will come up where a team and Reynolds also had the uh, the good rookie year and then the bad twenty twenty. Whereas Mullins has the one breakout year, and again, I am a hundred percent of the belief he's just going to continue to get better, but it gives one a weaker negotiating position. So. If you could get one of those two players, it's going to be costly. But the Indians have depth for days in their minors. We'll get into it at some point, but I mean, I can go. It's easy to go 30 legit prospects for the Cleveland Indians and still have guys left over. It is as good as it's ever been. Are ever going to trade from that war chest? A team like Baltimore with needs with pitching. Now, again, I know I said you can never have too much pitching, but pitching prospects. You can trade an interesting arm in the lower minors. I, I'm always okay with that. Uh, the The injury risk is so high. Espino, to me, is a brilliant trade asset because Tristan McKenzie is the only uh, high school pitcher they have drafted and developed really since like Jared Wright and CeCe Sabathia. It has not gone well for the Cleveland Indians in terms of a consistent starter. It's very hard to, to do that with high school pitching. So if it's like lower pitching and then one of their elite shortstops when, uh, you know, there's, I mean, Jimenez still hasn't really got a full look. Rosario's playing pr- well in the majors. Uh, you got Freeman, you got Rocoyo, you've got Arias uh, trading one of the kind of big three in the the minors. Okay, it hurts, but like that's why when you have a big three, you can do that. When you can trade a you know a pitcher who's a really interesting guy, a really interesting, misses a ton of bats, big arm type, but he's still in the lower minors and there's risk. I'm okay with that. Nolan Jones, you know, I've been the biggest Nolan Jones supporter. He's still not up yet. There's still some issues in his game. He might never be more in a platoon bat. He, I think he's going to be a very good player. I'm willing to trade three players that there's various reasons for all of them to get an elite player. What's your thought? Am I crazy? Is this something you're like, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't trade away these guys. Let me know in comments. Uh, as always, the listeners help drive the show. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked Indians Podcast. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. It helps. Uh, for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go, Guardians, go.